Hello, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour, founder of Covey Club and of this podcast, Reinvent Yourself. I am here today with Jill Gwaltney of the Roxa Agency, and that's in advertising. And what's interesting about Roxa, which was just acquired by Publicis, a very big agency, was that it was founded in 1999 as a direct mail agency with four employees. And now it's the largest independent woman-owned advertising agency, well, no longer independent because it just got acquired, but it was. Um, in the country, it had five U.S. offices and 300 employees. And 70% of the leadership team is female. And as you know, if you've been following the Me Too movement, uh, ad advertising has been particularly bad for women, um, where it was all bro culture and totally dominated by men. So even though, as you'll hear, Jill didn't consciously set out to do this, and um, it just sort of happened that way by giving women opportunity, um, it did develop that way. And so they, they didn't have that, those issues that women ran into in other places where they were being either put aside or overlooked or shouted over, um, whatever. And they had five female creative directors, which is extremely rare in advertising. Um, what's really interesting is that while they don't necessarily have a different point of view than men, they are definitely aware of the fact that you have to have diversity when you come to business today because that's how you're going to win business that's how you're going to connect with consumers and how you're going to actually grow and change and what she says um, when you listen to our discussion she says you know her advice to women is to you know have empathy and be vulnerable at work Again, that is very different for those of us who grew up in the male corporate culture where we were told, don't bring your emotions to work. Don't bring your, um, your personal things to work. Um, keep it all just factual and at an arm's distance. And she's saying also, be authentic when you come to work, be accountable, and be yourself. And again, that's something I have to say growing up in this kind of business. Um, I did not feel. So anyway, we have a wonderful discussion with Jill and she talks about what women bring to advertising and also what to do if you want to get into the advertising game at this point in life. And her overall, my favorite, her overall, our overarching uh, mantra comes from her dad, which says, don't work with assholes. And um, I think that's a really good piece of advice. I Now that I have my own business, I make that part of my life as well. So here we go with Jill. So welcome, Jill. How are you today? I am great. Thank you, Leslie. And so I'm really excited to be able to talk to you because you really were a pioneer in the advertising area in terms of really taking women's leadership to the top. Let's start with I mean, I, all the research I did on you, I couldn't find out what ROXA means. It, it, where did it come from and what does it mean? So ROXA is Catalan. And when I was starting our little agency at the time, I was interviewing marketing directors and saying, hey, what are you looking for in a direct marketing agency, which is where we started. 
Right. And one woman said, oh my gosh, will you just get started? And so I found the word Roxa in National Geographic <laughs> and it means a redeeming touch of madness. And I just oh. loved it. It's where the word ruckus comes from. So we like to be that redeeming touch in the mad world of marketing. Okay. All right. So talk a little bit about your beginning because you learned a lot from your dad. Um, he had a direct mail marketing company that you went to work with him in. And that was the, I guess that was the family business that you started out in. Is that correct? Yeah, but it wasn't marketing. It was a printing. It was, so it was manufacturing. It was so manufacturing. when I graduated from, yeah, when I graduated from college, I went to work for him in sales. Ah, okay. It's somewhere it said that it was, uh, that it was direct mail also. Okay. And then. It, well, yeah. Direct mail printing. Oh, direct mail printing. I see. And talk a little bit about your dad, because I know that he formed a lot of your sort of philosophies that you then ended up carrying on into Roxa. Yeah, he was amazing. Uh, super brilliant engineer, World War II fighter pilot, shot down and missing for 40 days. Oh, Purple wow. Heart. I mean, he was, he was the ultimate Renaissance man. And he was such a great mentor for me. And I remember the first day at Roxa, I mean, at the FEC where we started, and he had just started this printing company. He said, okay, lesson number one, where'd you get money? I'm like, what do you mean, dad? Goes, does the government <laughs> give you money? I'm yeah. like, no, the vendors give you money? No. He said, it's customers. Figure out what customers need and help them get it done. Right. And that's, that's the way we built that business. And you worked with him for 20 years, and then you went off and did your own thing. Is that correct? So worked for him for 20 years, and then we sold the printing business to right. a publicly held company out of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And then I thought I might retire. So I retired for a few months, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm losing a sense of myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, so decided to start a little agency. So I think that's an important point for your listeners is mm -hmm. I started this direct marketing agency mm -hmm. with absolutely no agency experience. And what made you think about that? I mean, why would you come up with that with no experience? So I started small and I did not want to have all of the capital expense that was required in a printing business. And also the internet was becoming a thing mm -hmm. and not sure that printing was the right way to go. And plus I had a non-compete. Mm. And so started with just the fundamentals of what do I know really well? And what do people need? And can I make a profit? And mm -hmm. so I thought, we'll just start really small doing creative and production for direct mail. And, and so the agency idea was mainly so you didn't have to have capital. Exactly. And also to do the whole thing. In the printing business, you're just printing the piece. But when you're I in the agency, that. you're coming up with the ideas, you're solving uh, customer problems, you're producing work, you're measuring the results. It's, it's more of a, the whole picture. I see. Okay. All right. And what was fun about that? Oh my gosh. I love solving customer problems. So I think what the impetus for our growth was two things. One, I'm super competitive. So I want to win. I want to be your favorite. I want to be the best. Right. And I really like helping people. Okay. So we started just doing creative and production, but then people needed help with targeting Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we got heavy into data. I like to say we were big into data before data was big. 
Mm-hmm. And all of the growth and the services came from that fun piece of solving customers' problems and helping them achieve whatever their objectives are. And so talk a little bit about, because you guys um, really sort of hang your hat on the fact that this is a women's business. You have uh, a large amount of women um, employed. It, uh, what I found is that you had five U.S. offices and 300 employees. Is that correct? And the top, the top group, you have five predominantly female creative directors, which is rare in advertising as well, right? It is very rare. Uh, and we are women-led, so our executive mm-hmm. staff is also 70% female. And it wasn't that it was intentional, like we're going to hire women, okay. but because we gave women opportunities and because mm-hmm. we have women leadership, it's like that attracts other women. Mm-hmm. And we give them the opportunity to grow because the agency has grown and our services have expanded. And so it gives people new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we love that we're able to give women and just diverse audiences opportunities to learn mm-hmm. and grow. We are very much a feedback culture. Mm-hmm. And is there anything, though, because, it, you know, we've seen a lot of the Me Too problems in the advertising agencies. That's been a big, big issue. Cindy Gallup writing about it, how much sexism and blockage there, there has been for women in the ad agencies. So what, what do you think women offer or bring that is different to the table? Do you see, do you see any differences? Do you see any reasons why women were not welcome before, but now are welcome? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, be, just because we've always been women-led, right? Uh, we right. haven't worried too much about that because we're certainly not going to be sexist. Right. And I have people ask me, what does it mean to be women-founded, women-led? And I said, there's, yeah. some, there's some key values or pillars. Transparency, okay. we share everything. Okay. Mentorship. And the care that we put in to the work, to our employees, and and also to our customers. And so I've always thought it was an advantage to be a woman because, uh, not to be sexist the other way, but we have that that empathy and that ability to really understand what people are trying to achieve and to make that connection and to be vulnerable. And business comes down to relationships and trust. And Mm -hmm. I think as a woman, we're able to establish that deeper and quicker interesting how do you feel about the old if you guys didn't work in typical corporate but you might have seen this in some of your clients um, we were told growing up in mostly male businesses you shouldn't bring your emotions to work you shouldn't get involved you shouldn't treat this as yours you should be very what um, analytical and you know just look at the bottom line is that something that you guys ever heard or thought of or reject or do you see that as male versus female? Do you ask your employees to bring their emotions to work or does it, it's just, it's just so endemic to you that you don't really see it? Yeah. You know what? I ask people to bring the authentic them to work Okay. and leverage your strengths and, mm-hmm. you know, being able to connect and build relationships with people is a strength. 
Mm-hmm. And being vulnerable and accountable and not being afraid to say, hey, that was my responsibility mm-hmm. and this is what we messed up and, or, you know, whatever your problem is and this is how we're going to make it right. My dad used to say everyone has problems. It's what you do about them that separates you from the pack. Right. So the vulnerability, the accountability, uh, I think it all it all works. And so I, I've just never paid any attention to the barriers. Okay. March on through and be the authentic you. Anything that you thought that you got because you were women and could understand a product better than maybe a man could? Any interesting breakthroughs that you guys sat around and said, you know, this is, this is the point of view that other people won't get? Well, that's the great thing about diversity. When you have diverse people, you get diverse thought and you get mm-hmm. diverse approaches. Mm-hmm. And so being in a creative and strategic world, it's great mm-hmm. to bring those diverse point of views to mm-hmm. the table. Mm-hmm. Anything in particular that comes to mind? Any, any big win that you had that came from that diverse strength? Anything that was, anything you walked away from? You know what? Yeah, I just think it's part of everything that we do. So uh-huh. it's not that, that it was specific to one, one win, um, uh-huh. but it is so important in growing the relationships and the business with all of our clients. Often we'll start with a project or two, mm-hmm. and then by doing it well and, and over-delivering and being responsive to the customer's needs, you grow that business. And so those diverse points of view mm-hmm. and strategies and concepts are just always a benefit in achieving that. Can you give an example of something where you guys did something crazy because of the diversity that you think other people who weren't as diverse might not have done? I'm just trying to get at what is, you know. I know. What is the stories? (laughs) No? Yeah, no. Not anything specific because it's just so a part of our DNA. Okay. Yeah. It's just like when we were sitting there um, as editors and chiefs of female, all female magazines, when the iPad was launched, we, I remember all the, the, the naming of that um, when it first came out, all the women were going like, Oh my God, who could, there were obviously no women in the room because they would have said, you can't call this a pad it reminds us too much of menstrual pads, those kind of things. And we all, that oh, was the first funny. thing we thought of. And there was obviously no guy, there were, they're all guys in the room. There were no women to say, Hey, wait a minute. Have you thought of this there? So that's what I was hoping we had, but we, we definitely saw that the lack of diversity um, come through in naming of products and pitches and all kinds of crazy things. So talk a little sure. bit about, about cross-generational mentorship, because I know you talk about that as being important to your company and in your life. And that's one of the things that affects this community as well, is how do you work with people of different ages? How do you find respect um, between the millennials and the boomers and Xers? Are there things that you do um, to make that happen? No, you know what? I think it starts with just respecting the people and their background, whoever they are, right? You just mm-hmm. start with that in mind. Mm-hmm. And then we have, like I said, a very feedback culture where we want to say, hey, this is what you're doing great. 
this is what you need to work on. You know, what is your career path? What are your hopes? What are your aspirations? And let's figure out a path to help you get there. Mm -hmm. And so those conversations are happening all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think it's really important for people to be open to feedback. If -hmm. you get defensive Mm -hmm. and you don't, and you shut down and you don't want to hear it, Mm -hmm. it limits the growth. And I just have that growth mindset that everybody has tremendous potential Mm-hmm. And don't beat yourself up when you hear mm-hmm. something. It's not the end of the world. It's just something to work on. Mm-hmm. Do you find most people today have a growth ma- mindset or what do you see? Do you see it separating out in terms of generations or do you see any kind of trends there? No, I, I don't see it separating out in generations, uh, between generations. It takes a certain amount of confidence and security to mm-hmm. be able to take on feedback. So, you can tell right away if people are comfortable and excited to hear it and have that growth mindset. And mm-hmm. it's, I think, super important uh, for just our hiring practices and mm-hmm. also how we can help people. If they don't have that mindset, if they're super defensive, it's hard to help them. Mm-hmm. And what about one thing that I run into a lot is what I will call a digital divide. And I find that there's a big difference in there's there seems to be a break off in the 50s for some people who've decided that they're just not going to learn all the digital that's out there do you feel that that affects women's abilities to get ahead today and i mean it's harder for us if we didn't grow up with a a phone in our hand we can get there but it can be a lot harder to feel comfortable Do you see any of that in your work? I think it's important to always remain curious and Mm -hmm. to continue to want to learn. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we're not starting with the same kind of background as my kids who Mm -hmm. are 28 and 33 or Mm -hmm. even, you know, the younger kids that are in their preteens. They're Mm -hmm. growing up with these devices. Mm-hmm. And so there's sometimes some reverse mentorship. My mm-hmm. son is in our video content shop mm-hmm. and I'm learning from him on how these videos are produced and animation and editing and where they live and all the different digital channels. So I just think it's important to remain curious and to keep learning because there's wisdom that we can bring to the table mm-hmm. that younger people have not yet acquired in just business tactics and strategies and uh, dealing with customers and growing relationships. So I think there's ways we can help each other. Mm -hmm. And do you, I mean, do you formally work with that in any way at at the business or anything like that? We're constantly training and cross-training. And so people have the opportunity to learn more about because our business has grown so much in data and in technology and mm-hmm. all the various marketing platforms and very much around being able to deliver personalized experiences for consumers, for the brands. And so we, uh, we're constantly offering training programs and giving people the opportunity to take classes outside of work uh, because it's been such a changing landscape. Mm-hmm. which makes it exciting mm-hmm. because there's always new, new ways of, of marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also challenging in the sense, like you talked about, 
to, to learn new things because we want to bring that innovation mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And do you see anything out there on the horizon that women need to know about how marketing is changing? Is there anything in particular that they need to know? I think it's in a, around the areas of data and technology, right? How is data collected and stored and leveraged? Mm-hmm. And then what are the different platforms that deliver it for campaigns? And how do we deliver those personalized experiences that consumers are expecting now? They expect the brands to understand what it is they're looking for and mm-hmm. to not waste their time with messaging and communications that aren't relevant. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is based on, on ta- uh, data and technology. And our creative is very connected to those strategists and technologists to understand what it is and who the audiences are and what the insights are so that they can deliver those personalized messages. Do you find that women are harder to reach today in any way? And what about older women? Do you find that advertisers are eschewing older women? Are they going toward them? I mean, there's a big gap right now between the amount of expendable money, the, you know, the 19 trillion um, in expendable income that women 40 plus have and the advertising world that has kind of written off women 40 plus and, and don't advertise to them and ignore them. They, most women feel very invisible. Do you see? Yeah, that would be a big mistake. Uh, No, because that's a very important target audience and they are becoming more and more digital savvy. Uh And so there's even in the, you know, for instance, in Medicare marketing and those kinds of ages, people are getting more and more responsive to email and in fact, some of the older people have more time to do research. So mm-hmm. once again, it's that data-driven personalized messaging. And women over 40 often are doing the buying for the household. Yep. And yep. so it would be a big mistake to ignore them. But you do hear that. You do run into that. You do know that exists, right? That the fashion brands, the beauty brands, there's still terrible sexism out there and ageism. Or you're not seeing that? Yep. No, but you know what? We don't do any work for fashion brands. We're mostly in technology and healthcare and finance and telecom. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, people want to get customers and grow the relationships. And so they are not ignoring the 40-plus females. Ah, okay. What about for women 40 plus who want to break into the advertising business as a second act? Is that available? Where can they come from? Um, how can they break in? Or is it kind of like, okay, this is really not a good business for older women to try to break into? No, I think anybody could have the opportunity to get into advertising and marketing. <clears throat> if that's what their interest is and that's where their passion is, it's like jump in, start at the bottom, learn the business, and uh, there's always entry-level opportunities. And so, you know, you get kind of, if you're a little bit older, you get the advantage of, okay, yes, they don't know this business yet, but they've been around. Mm-hmm. And so there's a certain mm-hmm. amount of wisdom that comes with that. So I would say don't be afraid to give it a try if you're interested in it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any success stories like that? Mm. I mean, not with people switching, uh huh. 
per se, but I see more and more since we were acquired by Publicis. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of women leaders throughout mm -hmm. their organization, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's great to see. Mm -hmm. What about disadvantages that older women have in advertising today? Because we know there's been a lot of talk about that, um, the bro kind of attitude that's out there. Um, obviously not in your shop um, because you're running against the grain there. But what do you see out there and do you see it changing? I do think it still exists out there. Uh -huh. And it's, you know, the whole bro from a client perspective, you're talking to clients and, uh -huh. you know, they're hanging around the men. Um, it uh -huh. helps because there's more women leaders at the, at the client level. And uh -huh. so they're definitely not following that pattern. But I don't worry about things that I can't control. So I am a woman. I am getting older. Can't right. control that. But you know what I, you know, what I can do is continue learning. Mm -hmm. and develop relationships with clients and take care of myself. Self-care is also important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do the best you can. And don't focus on the things that you can't control. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you want to talk to our audience about, about advertising, Women 40 Plus, what you guys did to, to make it a success using Women Power? Are there any philosophical pointers you can give them? Just that I think being a woman is an advantage to developing build and building relationships and building trust, which is such an important part of any business relationship. And people in our business need to count on the fact that you're going to be there, that you're going to stick with them, that you're going to do what's right for them. And I think that it's an advantage for women to be able to connect to that. And you feel that that's what women do more than men do. We're connected. Yeah, stay, stay and empathetic. Stay positive, stay empathetic, be persistent, don't give up, be open to feedback, and uh, build that trust. Can you give me an example of some kind of trust that you built that you think was key to maintaining a relationship that you thought maybe somebody else would lose that, you know, does explain what women bring to it? Well, we've had a couple of examples of clients, and here we are in the marketing and advertising business, right? Um, right. With health problems of one kind or another. Ah. And so we went out and did research and found the best doctors. Wow. In, wow. To solve the problem. And so it's like, hmm, you know, that's sort of an unusual thing, but it's, it's really understanding what people need and how to help them. So yes, there's the business part of it, but then there's also, hmm, how do we help them in their life? Or uh, a new client was moving uh, to another city and our CEO was sending like all the hot tips for the, for his wife around where's the local target and, you know, where's a good place to, to get your groceries or to shop. Uh, it's just those little added touches that set you apart, uh, which I think gets back to the whole empathy and sort of female approach. That's very interesting. That's really very interesting. Any stuff like that that you can cite in the campaigns that you actually bring to people? Because that really is very different. And that, I could tell you, that is not something the male culture I grew up in would ever touch. <laughs> they wouldn't even go there, for sure. Right, exactly. They don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. 
Right. And it's personal. They don't want to get personal with anybody. Any other? But you know what? Life, yeah, life is personal. So uh, not specifically. Those are the couple that come to mind. But we are, we do all we can to help our clients be successful. And sometimes that's outside of the normal job assignment. Mm Mm-hmm. Was there any crazy client? But still, go ahead. Uh, but still, appropriate working practices, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, I, the other thing is being ethical and having integrity, mm-hmm. and no, no fishy, funny business, right? Just mm-hmm. doing what's right, and believing in it, and sticking to it. Anything that you had to walk away from because it was too crazy that that you just said like this just doesn't fit with who we are. Any kind of thing that, you know. Yeah, we've we've made some decisions. One of my dad's first lessons is don't work with assholes. (laughs) Okay. He said said they'll make you feel so bad about yourself. You don't do as well with your good clients. Yeah. So, you know, we, we love the people that we work with and we think it's important. And the other thing is if you don't like them, they probably don't like you that much either. So don't spend your time there. Hmm. Okay. And you can make that assessment early on? Sure. Oh, good. All right. Well, bring you into my negotiations. (laughs) It's sometimes hard to tell. (laughs) I find that I can get duped. So interesting. Anything else that that you would like to tell my audience of these are accomplished women, 40 plus, trying to figure out how to reinvent themselves and if they are in advertising and want to move to something else, um, have you got any thoughts for them? Well, you know what? Reinvention sounds hard because it sounds big, but mm-hmm. just start with one little change, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe it's a change around your own personal health, or mm-hmm. maybe it's a change around your, your household, you know, getting your husband to do more. Often I see women trapped between still having kids at home, aging parents, Yes. being responsible for everything in the home. Yep. I went to a Women on the Move event that Chase sponsored and a woman wrote a book, Fair Play, that I thought, oh, that would be good, you know, for women to understand, you know, mm-hmm. how, to, how to get their husbands to help more in the household. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't think about big changes that seems overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like when I started this agency, we started with four people, right? And now we're at 328. But mm-hmm. we just started by doing something simple that I knew well mm-hmm. and that people needed and that I could make a little profit in and then take mm-hmm. it from there. So, mm-hmm. so start small, start with small changes. Don't worry about, about too big, too soon mm-hmm. and start on the road. Like, where are you? Where do you want to get to? What are the steps? And start with something that feels very achievable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you never know where that's going to go. That's right. If you'd asked me when I started this agency, we'd be here today. I never would have guessed it. And it's interesting because that is completely the opposite of the way that businesses, startups are pitched today, which is you're hounded until you're told you can cough up the hairball of your BHAG, which is your big, hairy, audacious goal. Otherwise, if you, their, their whole philosophy is if you can't think gigantic, you're not going to get down the block. It's just a complete yeah. opposite thought process. Yeah, I did not think gigantic. I never took any money from venture capital. 
we made money our first month, our first year. We've made wow. money every year and we've wow. just grown organically. Wow. Amazing. Do you think that's still possible today? Yes. Oh, I do. Okay. okay. Great. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much, Jill. I appreciate your time and we'll have everybody take a look. Can we go to roxa.com? R-A-U-X-A? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And they can see your work. Oh, you know what else is, the other thing I'd like to tell the women is don't underestimate your own abilities. Okay. Whenever we post a job for a chief, yes. like most recently a chief growth or chief revenue officer, and then all of a sudden we get more men than women applying. Ah. So don't, un, don't underestimate what you could do. That's interesting. So the word chief makes them run away? Yeah. Well, wow. I'm not exactly sure, but we definitely get more men applying than women. Wow. wow. It's the old thing that they, they say that the, the man has 50% of the qualifications and he's ready to apply and the woman's got 99% and she's saying, I'll apply when I get to 100. Exactly. It's classic. But that's interesting. You actually see that. That's fantastic. Great. Jill, thanks so much for your time. Okay. We appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. So I want to thank you all for listening to Reinvent Yourself today. And I hope you enjoyed this discussion with Jill of Roxa Ad Agency. And it's wonderful to learn how women have evolved their own way of thinking, their own way of doing things. And what it means is you can do that too. I hope that if you enjoy this discussion, you will give us a good rating and that's uh, give us a couple of stars, hopefully five stars for what you've learned. I hope you'll subscribe. And that's how other people find the podcast, which is what we want to do. We want to spread our information and help to every woman out there. And also come over to Covey Club and join us there. It's a lot of fabulous women talking and enjoying life and connecting. And we want you to be part of it. So come join us and we'll talk to you next time.